0: Hello, hello. Welcome to the Kinks and Beatles Daily Deep Dive. I'm your host, Tony Fry. This is episode 222, where we are discussing Gotta Be Free by the Kinks. This is the second attempt to record this podcast. If you were on our live stream a few moments ago, um, for some reason, my audio channel just completely stopped responding to the broadcast software, uh, so I could see what was going on but I could tell that nobody could hear it and um, some Roland in our chat room was confirming that you guys couldn't hear it. So this is take two. This is not live um, so we're not going to have any chat on this but I do encourage you all to uh, swing by Hero Habit, uh, the Facebook group, facebook.com slash hero and follow us. So you'll get updates and you can actually, if you go into our events tab, you can see all the scheduled podcast recordings. We're doing it five nights a week on the weeknights, sometimes in the afternoon, sometimes in the evenings, kind of mixing it up to see what times get the most um, participants. And once you're there, you can watch this live. You can chime in with questions or comments or criticisms or whatever. And uh, of course, chat with other people who are fans of these two bands that you're a fan of. Um, so anyway, we are talking about, like I said, Gotta Be Free by The Kinks, which was released November 27th, 1970, as the final track on Lola vs. Power Man and the Money Go Round Part 1. And um, just right off the bat, I want to demonstrate for you the best part of this song. And since I screwed this up in the first recording, I guess this take two isn't the worst thing uh, in the world. But this is, for me, the best part of the song. That little riff, I don't know if Ray came up with it or if Dave came up with it, but it's so simple and so effective. Dylan. It's a cool little riff. There's nothing crazy. Uh, I mean, it's not complicated at all. It's not even particularly original. I mean, it's its basically half of the blues riffs, you know, um, or bass lines kind of follow that same pattern on the fretboard. But it's that little ticka dun dun that chromatic movement at the top that really makes it stand out. And I think that's a great hook on this song. And it breaks up um, these repetitive lines in the chorus, which are just revolving around a couple chords. This is not one of Ray's most chord-heavy songs. It doesn't need to be. But uh, it is it's such a cool little lick. That, that, to me, it just grabs my ear every single time. Very effective. If this track sounds familiar to you, It is, of course, because the first verse was used as the introduction to the Contenders, which opened the album. So what we have here is Got To Be Free is both the prelude of the entire album and then the conclusion of the album. And um, that's not something a lot of bands do. And it's kind of opposite of what the Beatles did on Pepper with the reprise. You know, they tend to have the big song up front. And then reprise it later They did it with Pepper They did it with You Never Give Me Your Money uh, On Abbey Road Paul did it with in uh, uh, the Run Oh, he goes through a couple songs I forget at the end on the fade out of a song So, you know, it's not uncommon to do it that way But to do it as a prelude And then wait an entire album Before we actually hear what the song sounds like That's kind of an unusual trick But it, it's it's cool on this I like it um the whole song is kind of revolves around the 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 choruses. All right, there are verses, it's verse chorus verse chorus. There are verses. But it's um the focus is on the chorus. That's where all the hooks are melodically. And there are different words on different choruses throughout the song. And because of that it actually kind of functions as a chorus and a verse because the verse is supposed to Uh, progress the narrative of the song while the chorus is like that repeated refrain that our ear grabs onto that we focus on that we sing along to and when you change the words to the to the chorus we're grabbing onto that melody but you're changing the words so it's also progressing the narrative of the song in a way and the way Ray does it is every verse no matter what the words are every verse opens with gotta be free to and then he lists off the the things you gotta be free to to do right so in that way he maintains a chorus feel because you have something to grab onto you have that first line of the chorus to grab onto but because he changes that list every time like i said it also kind of functions as a verse and adds uh, a different meaning to the song every time he gets to it the lyrics that are most relevant to the concept of this album uh, come in the first and the final course where he sings got to be free to say what I want, make what I want, and play what I want. Again, Ray is being incredibly critical about the music industry. This entire album is a critique of the music industry from both Ray and Dave. His We talked about Rats a couple days ago, um, which kind of expressed Dave's disillusionment with the industry. This whole album focuses on what a horrible business they are in as a business you know, as a vocation, what's better than writing music and recording and playing in front of people and stuff like that. But the business side of it is horrible. Um, but they hide it in such a sing-songy, happy-go-lucky way, whether it's like an old vaudeville song like we have in The Money Go Round, or whether it's in a rocker like Rats, or like a bluegrass country kind of song like this, um... It almost disguises the fact that they are being critical that the lyrics are being scathing and um, sardonic it's good songwriting is what it is as the closing track this continues a great trend with the kinks they and I don't think we've talked about this before I mean I talked about it ten minutes ago the first time I recorded this episode but we haven't talked about it together you haven't heard me talk about it um how good this band is at closing albums right and this this track closes an album so it's a continuation of the streak but if you look at it the the album right before this Arthur closed with Arthur great song title track no most bands don't close with the title track but this is a great, great album closer. Before that, with Village Green, they they closed with People Take Pictures of Each Other. Great album closer. Something else closed with Waterloo Sunset, which is arguably the greatest song Ray Davies ever wrote, and they put it as the album closer. Great album closer. After this, they're going to close Muswell Hillbillies with um, uh, Celluloid Heroes. I mean, they do a good job at ending an album. They knew how to close out a collection. And... Nowadays, that's kind of a lost art because the sequencing of an album isn't as important anymore. Right now, more than ever, an album is just a release of a collection of songs. People buy them or stream them individually and they don't really focus and sit down and actively listen to music or an album from start to finish. Right, Music has become a very passive uh, noise instead of an active experience. So because of that, the sequencing of an album isn't as important. And bands like The Beatles and The Kinks and Pink Floyd and Zeppelin, who put so much care into sequencing their albums, um, are kind of at a disservice now because so many people that are new to this music aren't listening to it in the way that it was intended to be presented. And you you don't have to worry about flipping the album, so you don't need to have a song at the end of, of side A that is so good that you want to flip the album but not as good as the opening track because that should be one of your best ones you know and, and your closing track can be the weirder one like tomorrow never knows or something or the one that ties it all together like got to be free here um and and this and make you go back to side a and start all over right that's a lost art but the kinks were masters of it and i i, I can't think of uh, an album That they've released that i would change the sequencing on they were really solid at presenting their music in a way that flowed and kept you interested for the 25 30 40 minutes that that album persisted Um, there's not a lot i can say about this track it's sort of short and simple but it is a great little song i love how it bookends the album Uh, It's a little bit odd because I can't hear this track as a standalone track in the middle of the album. Right, if this was track four, I don't think I would like it as much. But, as a prelude and an album closer, it's pretty much perfect. So since I don't have much to say, um, I think we should, this would be the time that I would go to the comment section. And in this comment, um, in, in the first attempt, this is about where I lost my audio last time, um, our good friend Roland, who's been a longtime supporter of the podcast and who um, has been active in the chat a couple times in this first week of live broadcasts, um, mentioned Mick Avery's drumming on this on this uh, track. Of course, it goes without saying, but I still manage to say it in every episode. Mick Avery's drumming is very good in this. And then he asked me if I own this on vinyl. Um, I don't. I don't believe I do. It's. Uh, He mentioned how it's hard to find in good condition. I've had that experience. And and when I buy a record, I kind of want the cover to be in good condition as well, not just the vinyl. And the one time I I found a decent version on vinyl, the cover was just shredded to bits. It was in horrible condition and was like $45. And I wasn't about to spend $45 um, on such a trash product. So no, I don't have this one on vinyl yet. But like I mentioned before, on this podcast i uh, my my collecting of vinyl kind of started within the last year or two and um as a budgetary constraint i have kept it down to just collecting kinks and Beatles related stuff for now otherwise i'll spend thousands of dollars on every band i like i'm going to get every 45 and all that so this one is on the list i'm also going to go to some voicemails because we get voicemails from uh, time to time And it's been a while since I played them So we're going to do a couple voicemails today And um, if you'd like to leave me a voicemail All that information will be at the end of this episode So stay tuned
1: Listen there Tony um, Love what you do with the uh, Kings and Beatles podcast there. I've been a huge listener For uh, a couple years here now um, Listen I can't find Shangri-La up in the podcast there, so maybe I'm not searching right, but you should be playing, you should be breaking down that one, so go ahead and load up Shangri-La. I, I can't find it here. I'm, I'm on the Spotify over here, and, and it just doesn't, it's not really popping up. So, yeah. you can go ahead and do that for me, that would be great. Um, anyways, great podcast you're good at what you do thanks for everything i donated this month i'm gonna do it next month and uh we'll talk to you then peace
0: all right so thank you for that voicemail i don't think um you left your name if you did i I totally missed it um but thank you for for calling in thank you for contributing to the podcast your spotify search was working exactly as it should because there is nothing to find um i haven't covered shangri-la yet When I started this podcast, um, the tracks were pulled completely at random. It went every other day, and I pulled a random track, and uh, so Shangri-La just hadn't come up in the mix yet. Since we've come back from the hiatus, we're doing it by album, so obviously today we're finishing the Lola album. Um, So once we get to that album, we will definitely get to Shangri-La. I'm gonna try to keep this podcast going until we are out of songs, and that's gonna be a long time from now. Thank you again for contributing. Uh, When we do some premium events, which we're going to start doing in March, which are going to be Facebook live events that are going to be a little bit off topic. It's not going to be about a song. It'll be about a broader topic related to one of the two bands. Um, Those will be a uh, pay to participate event. People who contribute to the podcast via the Hero Habit website will get a free pass to those. So make sure you check your emails in March. And... um, you'll get the the passcode or whatever you want to call it to get into those events. All right, we have another voicemail um, from Chris in New York.
2: Hey, Tony, huge fan of the show. Uh, just discovered it a few weeks ago and been blowing through it. Um, I'm a big Kinks and Beatles fan, uh, loving every episode. Just wanted to talk about Hey Bulldog. Um, I was hoping you'd discuss its similarity to the riff from carl perkins is lying in the jungle um and i'm sure it wasn't an accident or maybe it was it happens all the time um but anyway love the show love hey bulldog love the kinks love the beatles love your work keep rocking um this is chris from new york and uh, i appreciate what you do take care
0: chris has actually called a couple times and um i'm Gonna save the other voicemails for other episodes Because um, one of them is about a song we haven't covered So I'll talk about, I'll use his voicemail then As for the similarities between Hey Bulldog and the Carl Perkins tune A Lion in the Jungle I'm not sure, um, Chris, who you think copied who Wasn't real clear in the voicemail The track is from an album, for those of you who don't know Called On Top, On Top Which uh, Perkins released in 1969 And it was kind of a comeback album for him And uh, so since it was 1969 It was after Hey Bulldog So the Beatles would have been first on that one I suppose it's possible that Perkins was inspired To add the riff from Bulldog But like I said in the Hey Bulldog podcast It's a pretty low-hanging fruit um, Since it's just a blues scale And I'll play that for you I hit my guitar every time I picked it up The blues scale is just. So it's just the first one, two, three, four, five notes of the blues scale. So um, it's not a terribly uncommon style of riff. You're going to hear those first few five notes of that scale in a lot of riffs. It just so happens that, you know. Perkins put it on a kind of a big album around the time of the Beatles basing an entire song around it. And I was just watching um, a TV show from the 90s and they use an almost identical riff as interstitial between scenes. And that was 30 years later. Um, So here's the thing though. Carl Perkins didn't actually write that song. It was written by Ronnie Self who had been around for years by that point. And I can't find a version of him singing it. It is referenced in some places as a cover, but I can't find any reference of Ronnie Self actually releasing a version of it. So my guess, and I would have to do more digging, I guess, my guess is that Ronnie Self actually wrote it for Carl Perkins for this record. That said, I don't know if it was part of his arrangement and his demo of it, or if it was something that Perkins came up in the studio, um... But it is pretty much identical to Hey Bulldog. But it did come after. All right. So if you would like to get a hold of me, you can email me at kinksandbeats at herohabit.com. Call me and leave a voicemail, nine two five-494-1739. You can find us on all of the social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Reddit. We have a we have a Hero Habit subreddit you can join uh there's TikTok we have a new TikTok account there's Instagram we are all over the place and of course if you're listening to this on the podcast feed please swing by YouTube and find our our uh, channel there and of course you can go to herohabit.com and click the podcast button at the top of the page and there you can be directed to a complete list of everything you need to know about this podcast including all the episodes that we have released already separated by album so it's even easier to search than the Spotify directory so you can go there and just look at the albums and and the highlighted ones we've covered click it and listen to it simple as that so please go ahead and do that and um, find this video on YouTube share it with all your friends throw it in a Facebook group uh, you know about the Beatles or the Kinks and and get the word out there All right. thank you all for listening Uh, I'm sorry again to the people in the uh, the live event who got cut short today. Join me tomorrow and um, take care of yourselves. Be safe, everybody.